Welcome to Replant Bootcamp, the boots on the ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. 180 has just launched two new products that we think could really help your church. Stick around to the end of the podcast to hear more. So are you guys doing some episodes today or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. we're recording a few different episodes today. And so we thought about doing one on thankfulness. And when we said, if we're going to do one on thankfulness, man, we got to have Halleck come on and talk about encouragement, the, the king of encouragers. <laughs> hey, I love it, baby. I love it. All right. Well, good. Let's... Well, welcome to the Replant Bootcamp podcast, my friend. I haven't been, I haven't done anything with you guys yet, have I? No, you haven't. No. no. That's awesome. By the way, speaking of encouragement, you guys, this is awesome. You're doing a great job. Seriously. Thanks, we got all guys listening to it it's really well done so good job seriously thank you thanks thanks well let's just jump right in then yeah so this one we're just winging it talking about with it being thanksgiving week we wanted to just talk a little bit about encouragement and thankfulness and the power of thankfulness for a replanter and so who better to talk to than uh, as you were called on evan's podcast happy huggy halleck (laughs) happy huggy halleck quite a name yeah it's got triple h triple h (laughs) triple h Talk to us, man, about the, the power of thankfulness for the replanter. Yeah, man, thankfulness is huge. I mean, the bottom line is I would say this. In replanting, we know there are discouragements. We know that there are tough people sometimes to love. We know that there are challenges, all kinds of challenges. And yet at the same time, man, the Lord is at work. The Lord is doing amazing things all the time if we look for what he's doing. And and I just think, man, in replanting, every day should kind of serve as fuel for thankfulness to the Lord. And there's so many things to be thankful for, I think, in replanting. I mean, th- being thankful for the fact that God's called you to be part of this mission of seeing God raise dying churches from the dead. People in your church, quite frankly, have been faithful years and years they're worn down and man they are the the saints of god i think thankful that you've been called to preach the word that every week you get to stand up and open the word of god and preach the word to god's people knowing expecting that the holy spirit's going to use his word to bring transformation to people i'd say thankfulness that god's placed you in a particular community neighborhood area that needs the gospel and there's people all over the place that need Jesus. Sometimes we can be so consumed with the people who are not in our pews. What I would say is, man, be thankful that they're they're outside the pews. They're outside your church and you get to go reach them. You get to go love on them and encourage them and serve them. So, man, I could go on and on. I just think there's so much to be thankful for. And, uh, and I really struggle. I get it. I get the challenges. I really do of replanting, but I struggle with the replanter who is not thankful, who's bitter and angry. In fact, I would say the last thing a dying church needs is a thankless pastor. Mm. Yeah, Mark, so how you seem to just like ooze gratitude and thankfulness. Part of that is, I mean, when we just think of you, that's that's what we think. But can, can the, a replanter cultivate more yeah. thankfulness in his life? How, how would he go about it? Yeah, that's really, that's a good question. I mean, I think ultimately this is where the devotional life of the replanter is so important. I think... You know, the bottom line is the joy of our salvation, that childlike faith. If you remember when the Lord saved you, um, you're growing as a young Christian, the joy of being in the Word, the amazement of being saved by Christ and the gospel, 
a sinner who deserves hell. Ultimate thankfulness begins with God and being with the Lord and being in the Word every day and just being amazed. And you got to fight for it, man. You got to fight for it. I know. I mean, you can be discouraged easily. You've got to fight for your joy in the Lord. But I think thankfulness uh, begins there by being amazed at the Lord and his grace toward you in the gospel. I feel like you're putting out a new book like once a month, which is incredible. I, I'm amazed at your gift. I don't know where they're coming from. They just keep popping out. <laughs> Turn out. But, <laughs> but uh, you got one, The Relentless Encourager, which is still on my list because I'm reading the 17 other books that you wrote. And, and so I haven't got to read The Relentless Encourager yet. But I thought what I, I couldn't think at least off of the title a better book to to push for Thanksgiving uh, than the, Relent, the relentless encourager. Give us a quick synopsis of that book. Who sh yep. who who should read that? Who did you write that for? No, that's awesome, man. Well, I'll tell you what. The, the relentless encourager is a book that uh, I want I've wanted to write for years, and I wrote it with my good friend Scott Eichen, who quite frankly has taught me uh, more about encouragement than about anybody in my life, and. You know, to be honest, what originally drove us writing this book was thinking about pastors, thinking about replanters and others that honestly may have education, they may know how to lead on some level in organizational leadership, they may be able to program, but honestly, the secret sauce in some ways, if you're going to use that phrase, I think of what makes the kind of leader, the leader you want to follow versus the kind of leader you have to follow is encouragement. Mm. You know, it, for years, I've just wrestled with what, what is it about certain leaders, certain guys you just want to be around, you're, you're drawn to that people easily follow. And I, and I just think it's not education. It's not there's all kinds of things it's not, but I think what it is, is the warmth and love that is experienced through encouragement. And not just encouragement periodically, but the overflow of joy that erupts into ongoing encouragement of people around us. And so anyway, that's kind of the premise. And then, and then what we decided is, you know, the truth is, this isn't just for pastors. This is for every Christian. But I do think in particular, it's a book that is we're raising up guys at Calvary. I thought, man, how do I help these guys grow in this critical ingredient of leadership that quite frankly, we never talk about. We just don't talk about it. It's not, there aren't books, many books at all written on it, which we found in, when we were doing research for our book. And yet it's so vital. And I would say it's, it's a fruit of the spirit, man. It's a fruit of the spirit. The problem is Many of us, and I talk about this in the book, many of us have encouraging thoughts, but we don't let those translate into encouraging words. Yeah. And until mm. encouragement flows from my tongue to your ears, it's not encouragement. It's just mm. a nice thought that you have that no one's blessed by. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah. That's, good. That's so vital. You know, the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit when we are in a prayer time or devotional time or just going through our day, the yeah. Lord often will bring somebody to our mind to call or to check on. And if we're not sensitive to that, we can ignore it. And Amen. we, we can uh, just blow past an opportunity to really be used by the spirit to make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. But that's so well said. I mean, you know, one of the, the chapters in this book is what keeps us from encouraging others. And I think this is where we need to look at our hearts. I think as leaders and just as, as sinful people, you know, I think a couple of things that come to my mind. I think one is, like you said, it's just a lack of intentionality. Like we'll think about something, we just don't act on it. And we rob that person of the blessing of encouragement. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's just laziness, honestly. Like uh, we just, 
we, we know we need to do it, but we just don't get around to it. I think a, a big one, quite frankly, is pride. I think, uh, I think one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of encouraging leaders in particular is somehow there's this insecurity we have that if I encourage you, somehow that looks poorly upon me. Like if I'm saying how great you are, what God's doing you, then what about me? And in our insecurities, we allow pride to prevent us from speaking a life-giving word of encouragement to others, which is so messed up as gospel people. But I think it's really true. In fact, I've talked about that with several guys and they're like, you're right. There's times I don't encourage the pastor down the street. I don't encourage because there's part of me that doesn't want him to be encouraged. And so you've got to look at your heart and go, what, what is it that's preventing us? And I would say the bottom line is, is those who've been saved by Christ, how can we not, if we're secure in him, our identity's found in him, dude, we should be the most loving, encouraging people in the whole world. And that's, and, and let people smell Jesus as we encourage the heck out of them. And that's huge. You know, a lot of us did internships or residencies and the culture that we uh, found ourselves in was one of, it was a great culture in the sense that it, it stressed biblical fidelity, hard yeah. work, correct theology. Yep. But all of that stuff seemed to be sometimes divorced from the fruit of the spirit and this, this is what you're talking about is encouraging. And so wow, some, yeah. of the, some of the wounds that we carry as leaders and some of the wounds that I carry are from the guys that were uh, the men in my life who were older than me that for whatever reason wanted me to make sure that I knew my place Yeah, as a young guy. And so wow. one of the things, Mark, I'm just super happy to, to see what the Lord's doing with you and through you is, is you, you have been given a, a position of uh, influence. And from that position, you're, you're creating a culture that's different and that's a mm. unique culture. So one, I just want to say, thanks. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you for that, for your heart. And then for your influence, that's, that's, I continue to pray, hopefully express spreading across North America where wow. leaders can get a new paradigm for what we can do and what we can be and how we can love and encourage and build up younger guys. Wow. Well, man, that's, I appreciate that. Seriously. God, for it's super encouraging. And you're right, man. I think you nailed something, Bob. And this is probably part of a larger conversation as we're uh, all working together in this replanting movement is how can we be raising up men who, yes, man, they've got sound doctrine. They're good organizational leaders. Um, all these things that most, uh, you know, internships and residencies emphasize and rightly so. But I think, again, when we talk about the uniqueness of replanting, how are we developing the heart and I would say the people skills, if you will, of, of being an effective leader in a small, dying local church? It's very different than going to a church of a thousand people. And so I think that's why things like warmth, things like encouragement, things like healthy touch, like hugs, are so vital for replanters, and yet it is—it's a foreign—it's kind of a foreign world of knowledge um, that I think honestly kills a lot of replanters from the get-go. It, do, it sure doesn't help them by not growing in these skills. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, man. That's—I think that's great too. I think you—you've touched on all the different angles of it so good that as a replanter, uh, it can be a discouraging work to work in a dying church. 
And so we've got to be people who encourage each other. We've got to be people who can find thankfulness easily. But it's not only discouraging for the pastor leading a dying church, it's, it's discouraging for the people in the church. And by the time you've gotten there, man, the people that are in the church are, are tired and emotionally wounded and frustrated. And even sometimes they're emotionally wounded and frustrated by you. Uh, and, and so it's so important to be an encouraging and thankful leader in this work. Jimbo, let me say one more thing, and you nailed it. Here's the, here's the fruit of being an encouraging, thankful leader, is the Lord will use that to shape the culture of your church. If you can look at the culture, just as an example of Calvary Inglewood now from 10 years ago, encouragement is just part of what we believe. You know what I mean? You know, if you were to look at Calvary Inglewood, just as an example, and I don't think, you know, I don't, we're, I think we're normative. I think you see this in many churches, but we're a very different church culture now than we were 10 years ago when I came. And part of that is what you bleed as a leader is what your people will bleed in time for good or bad. And so one of the things that you need to make sure you bleed is encouragement and thankfulness. So now if you were to come to our church on a Sunday morning, we're not just Mark the Huggy Church. It's Calvary the Huggy Church. It's Calvary the um, I mean, that literally, I mean, it's kind of a, a running joke in Denver. And not just our church, but now our church plants. We're all, if you want to be loved and hugged and encouraged, you know what? That's a pretty good reputation to have, you know? Yeah. But again, the culture of a dying church, man, when they are sparked with encouragement and thankfulness, you're going to see that they'll become encouragers and thankful uh, folks too. And dude, that is just like, that is, that is power in a community you're trying to reach that is dark, depressed, and discouraged. Yeah, that's so good, Mark, just to, to talk about the opportunity for the gospel through the power of encouragement and an appropriate physical touch. You know, that's obviously one of the things I think that's unique about Calvary. And if, if anybody has been around Mark Halleck, you've probably been hugged by Mark Halleck, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, but but there's, more, it's, there's more to it than that. There's a, there's a depth to what God does in, in a world of isolation, Amen. in a world that lacks love and affirmation. Uh, and so I think it, it, it might be easy for us to think this is something simplistic, but I think it's also, it's, it's really profound. No, that's good. Well, because two things, I think, to, you know, if you were to say, well, how do I grow? Well, bottom line is you can't fake being an encouraging, loving person for very long. You mm -hmm. can fake it for a little bit. Um, but this is where it's got to flow out from the Holy Spirit in your life. And so that's where, again, step one is you've got to get right with the Lord and you need to be dependent on him. You need to beg him, Lord God, would you make me an encouraging person? And then you need to be intentional. You need to be intentional. How am I practicing encouragement in my ministry and my leadership? How am I seeking to create uh, encouragers in our church? You know, that book began as just a really long Sunday school class. Um, where basically I'm like, look, I wanted as many of our folks to understand the importance and power of encouragement as I can. So I think there's practical aspects of how are you teaching on encouragement and thankfulness? Not just from the pulpit even. I mean, I mean the pulpit, yes, but even outside the pulpit. When you're having coffee with people, I can tell you, man, I want to model encouragement and love every time I'm with them. And I want to bring it up somehow because it's the missing piece in a lot of Christians' lives. And it's robbing them of joy 
as it's robbing others of joy. That's the truth. Yeah. I always say this. I say encouragement, every, being an encourager, it's like Christmas every day. Because you know, look, when, when, when you encourage somebody, you know how good it feels to be encouraged, right? Well, man, every day we get to be a source of encouragement. It's like giving a Christmas gift to somebody every time you're with them. It's unbelievable, and I love Christmas. <laughs> every day. Speaking of Christmas, I, uh, I ordered, I ordered the, the kids' book that you just put out. Yes. Uh, and I would recommend, man, that's a great I, – I would, I would say oh, I could fully recommend that's a great Christmas present. But I want to tell you a funny story. I ordered it off of Amazon. I was excited to get home and check it out, and I was going to read it to my kids that night. And I get home. I said, hey, I ordered a book. And Amazon said it came in today, and my wife goes, I don't know where it is. So I start asking the kids. My daughter, my youngest child, I think may have returned it to the library um, with, with some other <laughs> library books. And so, so you're welcome. I'm about to order a second copy of the kids' book. Actually, I, haven't, I haven't really even got to look at it yet, but I'm sure it's good. And, and so tell us a little bit, uh, just real quick, give us a, a plug for that. People ought to buy it for Christmas for their kids, man. Oh, man, thanks. That would be awesome. Yeah, this is, you know, this is a little book that, you know, my kids are now 17 and 14 years old. When they were little, you know, one of the things we love to do, obviously, is just read them books uh, about the Lord and whatnot. Now, praise God, there's more children's books being written that have some substance to them. But I know when, we, when our kids were little, what my wife and I really wanted was a book that could teach basic theological truths about who God is in a way that three to seven-year-olds could understand, right? And there just really wasn't out, anything out there that you could read before bedtime. You know what I mean? I mean, we're not talking about, we're going to teach a systematic theology class with our, <laughs> but like we're, you know, what could be a book fun to read, had fun pictures, and yet could ground our children in some key doctrinal truths about God that they could memorize easily. So in a sense, a kind of almost catechism on a very basic level with three to seven-year-olds. That's kind of the, the age range we shop for. And so that's where our great, great God came to be. That was kind of the vision of it. And so basically, it's a fun little story. Let me just tell you, this is kind of how it's set up. With a little, a little guy named Henry, a little boy named Henry, who meets this chipmunk named Chunk, okay? And who doesn't love Not a Chunk from the Goonies, but it... Not Chunk from the Goonies. It's his cousin, the, the, the chipmunk. But he, but Chunk is uh, is basically teaches Henry ten basic theological truths about God's character, ten attributes of God. And so, with each page, you learn an attribute. And what I tried to do is is give a like a simple memorization kind of like phrase, and then a verse that goes with it. You could memorize with your child, and then and it follows this story of Henry just being increasingly amazed at how awesome God is. And then it culminates, and this was really important to me, it culminates with the gospel and Henry being so amazed at God that he wants to give his life to God. And that's where Jesus comes into play. And, 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 and I talk about, you know, the grace of God through the cross of Christ and how Henry gives his life to Jesus, and then leave that for an opportunity for a parent to lead their child to Christ. So hopefully, you know, it, it's a helpful tool that parents could use. And honestly, I wrote in many ways for the parents in our church. 
um, as a gift to give them when we do baby dedications or whatever. The other piece to this, of course, as you, as you all know in ministry, is this book will probably be as powerful in the lives of the parents who read it oh, yeah. as it will the, um, as you are hearing the truth of the gospel over and over. So anyway, that's been the vision of it. I'm really excited about it. It's a simple book, but I pray the Lord will use it somehow for his glory. Awesome. That's great, Mark. We bar ordered a copy and it came in the other day and I, I had no clue that you had written a children's book. And, uh, and so she showed it to me and the grandkids are coming over for Thanksgiving. So awesome. we're going to all get uh, nestled down on the couch and read yeah. the, the book. So I'm praise God. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know if I'll ever write another children's book again, but I felt like God put this one in me and, and I hope it's helpful. <laughs> well, I'll read it once my second copy gets here. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Hey, her fourth. Keep taking your daughter to the library. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for joining us today. All right, love you, brothers. Thanks. Love you, Alec. Good to see you, buddy. Bye-bye. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. And they've just launched two awesome new products to help churches, plants, replants. The first is called Launchpad. It's an all-in-one custom branding and website bundle developed specifically for planters, replanters, and revitalizers who need to get things moving quickly. The second is Church QuickSight. It was created for churches working with tight budgets. It can help them get an amazing new church website in as little as one week at a really affordable price. Check out 180.church to learn more about these special new offerings and how 180 can help move your church forward.